Good evening, everybody. Welcome to episode four already of uh, Coom TV or Coom Chat with uh, Davis and Dawes, whichever you choose to uh, to call it. On that note, of course, let's bring the old boy in, the uh, the bearded beast. Let's bring him in. It's counting him in. Hello, Tom Davis. Hello, sir. Oh, Chris Dawson, but not Dawsy boy. Well, good point. I bet I should. A, is that, yeah. I thought I'd go polite, really, because uh, uh, you're cracking up again already, Tom, there. But um, I thought I'd go polite for uh, for our guest tonight. But good point. I'm going to change it. Let's let's go with, uh, with with that. There we go. There we go. Not messed about. Oh, well, <laughs> Does that make you feel more comfortable uh, now? And Chris, well, well, because I think I feel like you belong to um belong to us, really, because I noticed that you um were uh, a subject of Snetterton's. A uh, little quick Q and A this week. Not quite the finesse that we've got, <laughs> but I did see you moonlighting. Yeah, the uh, bless them, the uh, the Snetterton Marshalls group. They asked me to do a, a rapid fire Q and A session for them, uh, bless them, which is good because yeah, I'm up there. Uh, well, <laughs> traditionally I'm up there a fair whack. Obviously, no one's anywhere at the moment, are they? But uh, yeah, it was nice to get asked to do that. To be honest, by the uh, the heroes in orange. You you That's mean really for you? <laughs> yeah, I thought, how dare they steal, you know, steal our Mr. Dawes, you know, the, the, the voice of Castle Coombe. <laughs> Luckily, not the face. But, uh, Chris, I could insult you all night, but we should move on, shouldn't we? Uh, no. Yeah, let's bring in our guest. We've got a very special guest here. Uh, we're getting plenty of you now joining. Uh, welcome to you and, and saying hi. But let's introduce you to our special guest. It's, uh, it's someone that we know very well at the circuit because... Um, not least because of the Dave Allen Trophy, but thankfully they are on our doorstep, even more than I realised until tonight. Um, but uh, it, it is Synchro Motorsport, of course, have been doing an awful lot with uh, with Honda in Swindon, where I live. And our guest now, uh, I now know, lives as well, walking distance from my house. He's a bit nervous now, I think. But uh, <laughs> he's uh, he's got a fabulous story. He's always with us. And I know that because I then make a point of, uh, of catching up with him on the mic and off the mic at the circuit. As we found out, there's an awful lot more to it. So without further ado, let's bring in our guest. It is, it's counting him in, it's Alan James. Hello, Alan. <laughs> Hello. Good evening. Hello, Alan. Thank you for having me. It's, uh, this is going to be different. I haven't done one of these before, so I'm kind of, I'm kind of looking forward to it. I think, I think I am looking forward to it. This is where we make, you, we make you nervous and tell you that we haven't either. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. you, you, you are the professional and Chris. Yeah, says yeah. <laughs> so the rosé drinker there. Look at him. Mm. <laughs> I've got I've gone cider and black tonight. What have you got on the go, Alan? Yeah, I, uh, straight lager, straight Cronenberg for me. I'm just going for a Cronenberg. Other beers are available. Just oh, to keep yourselves yeah. clear. <laughs> <laughs> Do you been enjoying the sun today, then, Alan? I have. Yeah, it's been, oh, it's been great. It has been nice. You know. It, these sort of lockdowns aren't particularly easy for anybody, but when the weather's like this, at least you're not stuck just within these walls. You can get out and about. And it's it's my lad's ninth birthday today, so we've been able to enjoy as much as we can getting outside and getting in the garden and playing and just enjoying stuff with him. It's a shame for him because he, he had a um, a rock climbing party uh, booked, and he's really gutted that he's missed it. But, you know, we've tried to do our best. Now, a uh, little close here have been really sweet and really generous for him. So, uh, no, it's been good. It's been a good day. Yeah, tell us that story, because that was lovely when you said that earlier. Yeah, they, um, it was only yesterday we told some of the guys in the close as we were out having our 30-minute daily uh, exercise that we're allowed to go for. 
we mentioned to one of them that it was Jack's birthday today. And um, yeah, that was sort of all we had told them. And then this morning, one of them contacted me and said, oh, I got a problem with my car. Can you nip out? I was kind of thinking, well, not really supposed to be doing that. But <laughs> I head out the door and the whole close are out. Everybody is out there. And they've got banners out with happy birthday, Jack, on it. And, you know, it's happy birthday. really sweet for him. <laughs> it's quite emotional for all of us, really. But, um, yeah, he really, you know, he didn't know what to do. He was quite nervous and sort of shocked by it and uh, sort of shy. But, no, it's it brilliant. Really sweet. And, you know, we think we're very lucky the close we live in. I think we're, uh, we're quite privileged with that. Oh, bless. That is, that's a lovely to hear. We're, we're sort of getting peppered with all the bad stories of people flouting with the, uh, the lovely weather and being really dare I say stupid and selfish uh well I just did so uh, there we go <laughs> but to hear the good stories and I know you and I were saying that earlier and there's plenty of uh, of good stories one I'm going to quickly uh, uh pop up here one of our own uh Chris Hignall evening all of you both watching at Hignall Towers that's Chris and Wendy Wendy is a retired nurse and they've been sort of planning all sorts of journeys this year uh, around the world and bless her guess what guess what she's answered the call and it does not surprise me with Wendy she's just a phenomenal lady and she's come back and she's helping the hospitals where necessary and we uh, we take our hats off to you all that are getting involved in this but this is all about as we've said is is to try and put a smile on people's faces for the night and you know the easiest way to put a smile on on people's faces is uh, to make you realize you're not as bad looking as that that's just rude, isn't it? There's no need for that, is there? There's no need for that. <laughs> there is. You love it. You love it. You're bringing sexy back. So there we go. <laughs> Watch, uh, I'm keeping the bit. I'm going to go for the see what happens to the beard, Chris. So you'll be in for a surprise. But uh, oh, cool. right, come on, let's uh, let's get cracking. Come on, Alan. So um, come on, we need to know a bit more about you for the guys that uh, that, that don't know much about you, really, because you should have been racing. Come on, Chris. You, you come on. You you should be yeah. commentating, and Alan should be racing next week. We, we all should be, shouldn't we? And I think it's something we're, we're all missing a lot. It's, it's a massive part of everyone's life, even though it's for me, I know I have a, a main job over at the factory and you know, that's my, my core focus. The race team is something that is a major part of my lifestyle. And, and I know all the guys in, in, the, in the Synchro team are the same. It's something that we, we all bond together over and really spend a lot of time doing. But yeah, we're definitely missing it because we can't even go in the garage. It's not like we could meet at the garage and work mm. on a car or work on some projects. We can't do anything so we're missing it and i'm sure i'm sure from you as well chris you're doing the same yeah absolutely yeah i mean like you say tom is that was it a week uh, a week tomorrow that we should yeah. be having yeah. you up at our uh, our circuit alan and uh, and it is one of those annual pilgrimage thing isn't it it's the uh, before we come on to uh, synchro and yourself in more detail let's let's excuse me touch on what should have been happening and that of course was the dave allen memorial trophy a guy very close to your heart personally as i understand it yeah and and a lot of people at the factory as well dave was you know was a, a really good friend of mine and he, he was my he was my boss for many years and and he was the one that moved me you know i joined the racing very early and it within the day of being at the factory and, and dave was in the team and i just sort of clicked with him very quickly and got on well with him and and my progression through honda is is down to him and, and another chap robin that definitely with their support that they've given me that you know where, where I've got to and what I've been able to achieve and what I've been able to experience and yeah we you know we miss Dave a lot we've got a tree at the factory that we we can spend some time at and we were there it's his birthday recently just on the 1st of April so we spent some time there unfortunately we all had to do it individually you know previous years we all come together with 10 mm. of us can stand there and, and have a have a bit of a time but you know unfortunately we can't now but 
No, the race was, you know, Dave was a good racer, very, very good racer. Um, he did touring cars, he did European racings, he was, you know, very, very good at Nürburgring, which is somewhere I've never got to race yet. And uh, yeah, it was the race was the whole idea was, well, what do we do? Not not a somber thing, or what do we do to make celebration of what Dave liked? So we thought, well, we're just still racing. Let's just go and get a load of cars together and, and race at a track. And we wanted to do it differently. Dave's raced loads of different cars from from the smallest club car to some big, big things as well. So we thought, well, let's make a race that can be anything. Castle Coombe's a local circuit, and we spent some time with Rodney and, and you know, the, the, sort of the, the, the other guys there, and how do and Steve, and how do we how do we make a race that suits that and memorizes what you know also what Dave is Dave is all about? So that's what we came up with. Yeah, from a commentator's perspective, thanks. <laughs> yeah, <I can> <laughs> it's, it's changed, isn't it? As well, it keeps changing. It's changed about. I think it's, I've been involved for about four or five years, and it's changed every year since I think uh, since I've been around. So, Chris, I mean, yeah, your your uh, memory and brain, it must be really tricky. Yeah, well, you make it sound it's changed from what to what. I mean, Christ, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's a hard work as a commentator because it's not what you see in front of you. Joking yeah. aside, the point being is that I do love those things. Um, you know, it, it is. Um, I'm trying to remember, it, it was handicapped, it is handicapped, but in a slightly different way, isn't it? But the point being is that it's not suddenly the most expensive, the most powerful car that will win. It's classes and, and, and multiple drivers and, and all of that. And it, it will come down right to the wire is the idea, isn't it? And anybody can win. Yeah, yeah. And that, that was the, the big thing. The handicap system was that idea. We, we didn't want, you know, the, the, we want the big cars there, the pretty cars, the Lamborghinis and the Astons. It'd be great to have those there because they, you know, they're, they're the pretty things. But actually, how many people are racing those? And, and especially what you see when you tour around more of the circuits, that the clubman racer is the bigger participation of the sport, you know, and, and you know, the, the national saloon type cars then. There's more of them around than anything. So we wanted those cars is what we wanted in there. But we didn't want them to think, well, we're only here to make numbers up and the pretty boys are the GTs at the front. No, it's it's everyone can do it. But the handicap was so complicated. You know, and we, we had a an NFA handicapper that was there, but it was just it just become too difficult to manage and, and become a for a spectator and from a, a competitor. So we came up with the classes and the classes now allowed, I think we've got four classes now. You know, there's so there is a first, second, and third of every class. There is still an overall Dave Allen trophy, which is this. One, I think it's about one meter tall trophy that was the annual one that comes around every year. And it's great. We've had uh, Caterhams. I think we've had a Fiesta. We've had a Janetta. Um, we had that um, GGR last year that won. Yeah. Yeah. We've had a good mix of cars in there. And that's what we continue, you know, we were hoping to see and, you know, we're desperate for this year. We don't, it's not just the circuit, it's what we do in the paddock as well that we try to make more of as well. Yeah, there there is, a, it's a fabulous setup that Synchro have there. If, you, if nobody's been, you know, make sure that, that, sadly we've lost it from Easter Monday when it was planned this year, but I think there is a desire and appetite to try and make it happen later in the year at some point. But the problem is there's so many question marks for everyone. There's just no point going there and talking about it. We have no idea until it's going, but there's certainly an appetite because it is such a fun race. But as you say, Alan, so much going in the paddock with the big synchro motorsport setup you have the um the remote control cars that uh, my yeah, daughter yeah. absolutely adored that you sit in the full sim setup there'll be none of those available after this lockdown i don't think but a full sim uh, setup and you race those radio control cars and it's brilliant 
Yeah, you know that that is a good one. That's an you know attraction we bought in a little while ago, um, and that's good. And then Steve Colley as well joined us last year with the motorbike, and uh, he brings sort oh, yeah. of you know he's he's an excellent sort of crowd pleaser and entertainer. You know, not the, there's stuff going on the circuit, but there's stuff going on in the paddock, and it doesn't matter where you are, you can kind of pick up a bit of entertainment or a bit of something for the spectator view, and that's what we try to do. We try to make it. Kind of a family. We call it the Honda Village, and it's been called that now right from the beginning. And we've tried to grow it bigger and bigger and bigger. And we're lucky that it's not just a synchro, you know, synchro motorsport thing. It is the Honda do back us. The factory, you know, are right behind us. They they push it, they advertise it, and you know, if we can get them alone, that's three and a half thousand people. But you know, definitely with uh, Castle Coombe, you have such a big following anyway. Any time I come to Castle Coombe, I'm just amazed with the amount of spectators that you have regularly turn up, even yep. though there's a bit crap. You still got many people. Yeah, we, no, no, we love them for that, don't we? Yeah, 100. percent And I think, yeah, and I, I, they're not all there to to hear Chris either. Um, and I go back because <laughs> you're saying, <laughs> <laughs> and I just want to go back because I think, like you were saying, is is what I found amazing since I've been involved with it is it's the people. People that come out of the woodwork, race with us, or, or uh, visit us very often, or at all, um, who come along because they, they knew Dave, or they've heard of this, and they want to be involved. And we've had some fantastic, you said we've had some fantastic, fantastic cars. And I remember Mission Motorsport um, have been a, uh, several times now, haven't they? Um, and I just just on a side note, really, because I see they're struggling today uh, a little bit with uh, everything that's going on. Um, so I just want to send out some sort of, I suppose, love, really, I guess, and probably Chris, you're the same, and the same, Alan, um, support to those guys, because I think James put out some quite, um, some some sort of strong stuff today. So if you don't know who Mission Motorsport are, please go and check them out and um, support those guys at the moment. And that's a little bit of a side note, apologies, but it is related as well, because they've got some cracking cars, and I know you've supported them as well, Alan. Yeah, and it's a, it's a, it's a charity that I, I'll support as much as I can and always will, and at the moment, I'm, I'm very fortunate that we've got the strength of Honda and, and the strength of Synchro behind that mm. we can do quite a lot with them. We've done passenger rides and it's, it's I almost feel like cheating supporting them because I spend all day driving around a racetrack and you know, that's my sort of give to them. But they, you know, we put passengers in with us and we take them out yeah. and give them that experience. But it's just, a, you know, such a small thing to give back. But now it is tough for them because, you know, we're, we're isolated on our own and, you know, and nobody nobody's normal and they're far from it <laughs> especially mm. with, that, with you two i can see that so, uh, <laughs> no we're not we're not so and the isolation is difficult and if you need that that support and that sort of uh, network of people now it's really hard to do yeah that's um, true yeah so definitely if anyone is there that you know hasn't seen them or doesn't know then definitely go and look at mission motorsport and see what they do it's they're quite incredible well, I mean, you'd say about the isolation again, that is something we try to do this uh, this show is to, to make it a bit of a funny 7 p.m. Same time every Wednesday and Sunday. So people know that it's coming. Um, we're getting some fabulous guests on. It's not just Tom and I guffawing drunkenly in the corner. <laughs> It's a big part of it, but it's uh, it's not all of it. <laughs> but you know, the fact is, is that you guys are all getting involved with some good comments, some good questions, some good memories of your own, and so it's just for that. If I'm honest, me myself, I don't know about you, Tom, is that I'm finding this quite cathartic for myself as well because you get away from that that isolation. Uh, for, for a little while and it's really enjoyable uh, just seeing for example one of the uh, the regular another one of the regular viewers and a very important one Chris Mason the medical um, crew that come in him and his uh, his good lady 
doing awesome work and they, they get involved in this, but we're getting them from all around the country. Yeah. Nigel Forrest from Alton Park. Oh, I just got rid of that. He's uh, he's up there, but he's still keeping yeah. his West Country roots. That's what I like to see. <laughs> so keeping it going. Um, yeah, you're talking about the Mission Motorsport thing. Now, the biggest one that sticks in my mind is that blooming 4x4 Honda CRV. Yeah. Yeah, no, that that's you know, it's, it's another one of those. Can't know. Our jazz was a similar thing. It was a it was a daft conversation I had with Jim about it, and just said, "Well, what what we wanted was a car that we could get people in that had um, like an automatic or paddle shift. You know, they they were able to get access to the Golf, which is a great car. But we thought, well, what can we do from a Honda point of view? And the CRV mm. was kind of the only thing that had a strong enough gearbox." And it was daft enough to go and have a go at to think, well, let's do it because it'll be a good call. And they've used it well. They, you know, it's a great little car. It's well, big car. It's a good thing. At Anglesey, at Anglesey, it was mega. It started to pour with rain, and all these front-wheel drive and rear-wheel drive, you know, Lotuses and us in our Civics and things. This four-wheel drive CRV was just blitzing everybody. It was mega to watch. It was quite impressive. But it's great that they they can turn up in those sort of things. So uh, yeah, and I'm glad they are there and they are still running it. There's a challenge for you from uh, from Chris Mason from the medical crew. Any chance of more power in the med cars? <laughs> more power. Yeah, ideally doesn't need more power because they're not used. But unfortunately, I, I, I've had to have them turn up once to me at Coombe as well. So yeah, maybe it's something we'll have to look into. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and talking about that, I mean, um, obviously we've got uh, <laughs> who is leading the best beard competition. I, oh, I shaved mine. I, I thought I tidied up a bit. <laughs> Mine looks like most of it's disappeared, but that's because sadly it's going grey, which is really amazing. Well, yeah, but, but Chris, you've got all those heads you can turn upside down, haven't you? No, there's a lot more here than, than there. So, uh, you know, I wouldn't want to, to suggest that. But uh, thanks, Tom, bringing sexy back with your full head of hair. Um, <laughs> but talking about um, full power, I mean, I found this intriguing is that you started uh, at Honda of the UK Manufacturing in 2001. And literally your first day, now the way that this is worded meant that you had no idea until you got there that you were put in with Synchro Motorsport. Uh, so so I, I was in the steelworks in Abervale in, uh, in South Wales and they shut the, shut that place and I was made redundant from there and I had to look for a new work and, and Honda was, was an amazing opportunity to come up and I, I moved up to Swindon then yeah, in 2001 in, in I, I came up as maintenance on robotics and the line maintenance within Well. Because um, that's my background, electrical engineering is where I, where sort of my qualifications really are. Um, but yeah, I was literally told about Synchro and it exists within the factory. And one of my managers that was in Wells was part of the team and he invited me over. So I, I started in Honda on the Monday and I started the race team on Tuesday. And uh, and that was it. I just, it was brilliant. What was amazing for me is that I moved from Swindon, I was a 19 year old boy, I moved from Swindon, I came up here and I didn't know anybody. And I'm sat up here in a, in a B&B for six months. There was this network of people that were like-minded. You know, we'd send, spend silly hours in the garage. The same as anybody who's got a race car. If, if you've got to get it ready six months' time, I've got loads of time, it'll be ready the night before. <laughs> it's always the night before. So we spent time with these guys. And then I had a good network of people then. And there was, you know, it was a nice social event. It was nice, And then the racing was, was brilliant. And we were moving then into touring cars. So for me to go from no racing experience at all so one year in, in brick car, and then we were straight into brick storing cars. And it was, it was pretty crazy then to be mechanic in cars and building cars from touring car standards. I mean, that's just a, an amazing story. I think there's quite a few of you that came over from South Wales to Honda, wasn't there? Because ironically, I was uh, recovered from 
South Wales when my car had an issue and flatbedded back uh, to, to Swindon. And the guy there, he was ex-steel as well. And, and he'd started working at Honda. And he was talking about having a, a B&B overlooking the Swindon Town Football Club, that they'd be out there on like a roof terrace or something when the game was on. And, uh, and he then, I think he lost his job some time ago from Honda and he was back doing this recovery truck stuff for now. But it, it, at that point, it was clearly a, quite a few of you moved over though. Yeah, around about the 2000, 2001, Honda were expanding. They bought they had the second uh, factory being built there. And there was quite a few, and there's a lot still there now. Um, you know, three chaps that came up with me, Dave Lewis, Shane Top, and, and Steve Walters. And Steve actually then became the opposite shift, opposite mechanic. He was a mechanical engineer, I'm an electrical engineer. So we worked together on a shift, and he was my opposite. And we rented together. He lived with me for a few years. And, uh, yeah, we had you know, a good, good sort of mix there. And, yeah, it was nice that coming up here that I had sort of uh, some wealth for us to sort of lean on as well. <laughs> do, you, do you look back now and think that, you know, that um, when you were working over in Port Talbot, I assume where it was, and, you know, you came over here, now you're racing effectively, I suppose, touring cars. Is that something you, you would have even dreamt of back then? Uh, no, definitely not. No, and it was, even as a kid, I wasn't, my brother was the big, big car fan. You know, he can read, you know, remember number plates from when he was young. You, you know, it is, he's, a, he's a big Porsche fan. He knows his cars very, very well. And it was not something that I was so much into cars. And then you know, only when I started a Honda that I started to get more into cars and the racing team and I got more and more. And I haven't, I haven't been racing long, well, relatively long. It was only 2011 I started driving. Right. Up to that point, I was always mechanic in and, and became an engineer. And, that, and that's still my passion is engineering cars, you know, and it's kind of a flaw, especially with the racing we're doing now and, and some of the, the the competition that we're in. As a driver, you need to be very, very focused on mm. your driving stints only. But I can't leave the mechanical side and the engineering side of it because that is something that's still massively mm. my passion. It's, it's very important, though, isn't it? I mean, it's very important to understand. There's a lot of you know drivers that say that you know, having that mechanical background is understanding the car, how it's feeling, how it's operating. So you can then translate that back to your mechanics. So sure, that's got a benefit for you. Yeah, there's definitely there's pros both ways. We've had drivers, we have external drivers with us, and we have have people that are just feels driver, and they come in, they go, it feels like this, it feels like that, and you're trying to interpret what they're saying. Why does this feeling mean? What they are doing, and you're trying to you know get that. And some drivers take the feeling through their feet and through their hands, and some are taking it through the seat and more right. like this, be like that. And then you get other drivers that come in who are very, very uh, mechanical minded, and they'll say, I come in, I want one change on on the anti roll bar, I need stiffer springs, I need right. two clips of this, I need two clips of that. And they know exactly what they want, especially once they get used to our car. They know what one click of softening or one click of rebound will do on our dampers. Then they're able to tell us exactly what they want. And that, that's easy because we can do stuff in quality. They come in, one click, out you go again. For me, it's, I don't know, I still, I think my driving experience isn't high enough or my knowledge isn't high enough yet to be able to do it that quickly. I, I need the experienced driver with me to say, yeah, what you're feeling is this, and that's relating to okay. you know, you know, the rear or the front or it's, it's the ride height or something like that. So mm. I still think I'm learning quite a lot. And I think most people, even if they've been in motorsport 30 years, are probably still thinking the same. They're still learning all the time. Well, and talking about in for uh, uh, quite some time, I'm going to bring this one in. We've got uh, a question from Kevin Hadfield. Does Alan remember the MB6 Civics that were around when he started at Honda? Oh, I don't know about the MB6. I don't know what 
what that shape would be. When I started, we had uh, one point, they were like 1.8 SIs, were they, I think, or the sports? Oh, I wish I could remember. There's a new Honda Facebook group come out, and someone put some pictures of our the very first Civics that when I started a Honda, they were building those. Um, on Synchro, were racing those as well. Um, but I had such a short time, literally, they were being sold as I, I joined, so they left straight away. And I've been trying to get photographs of them because I just want to build more of a history and a portfolio of what Synchro has been about. And um, so the MB6, I'm sorry, unfortunately, I don't know the shape, but. Uh, if Honda were building those at the time in 2000, 2001, then that's the shape I remember, and that's the shape that Civic single uh, mm. first started racing. And in fairness, if you'd have just started there, you were probably getting yourself bedded into a new town, new people, new job, and everything else, and <laughs> yeah, yeah. a bit different. Uh, someone's abusing you by the looks of it. Cheers out. Your brother sounds a right geek. <laughs> <I'm> guessing... <laughs> I'm assuming that is the brother. Yeah, yeah, that's my brother. Yeah. No, I... <laughs> no, he's, not, he's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sam, our very own Sam Preston's asked the question, can you give us a rundown of which Hondas you've raced and which was the most fun to drive? Ooh. Uh, yeah, well, racing-wise, I've only ever raced Hondas. I've never raced any. I've driven quite a few other things and, and some crazy things and just for demos and for, for sort of driving experiences and stuff. But I've never done, I've never actually raced anything but Honda. So my first was the FN2. Um, it was my first ever car, and that was at Castle Coombe. We were there testing with Dave, and we had just um, developed that car ready for the Brick Car Endurance Championship. And uh, I kind of said, well, can I have a go? And, you know, we were like, and I was running the team at the time, but still, this was it was Dave's car. And he said, yeah, yeah. And there is a photograph of me sat in the driver's seat and Dave in the passenger, and he doesn't look comfortable at all. I photo afterwards, he was even, you know, I think he was saying. The FN2, so that was quite a special car because it was my first ever race car. Um, probably the, the most special is the Jazz. The Honda Jazz we've got is, is, a, is a bomb mm. kit. And that was built for Dave, and we built that for his championship, and we, we did really well. And that car was built for everything from endurance racing to sprint racing. So it's we've just had that rebuilt. It's now, you know, it was for, you know, 2009. It was, a, it was a, an old car because the amount of work we did with it. Um, but the Jazz is just bonkers. Mm. And then we moved into the FN2, and that was quite, uh, quite good because we had touring car body kit on it. So it had paddle shift, it had, you know, a full sequential paddle shift gearbox. We were then starting to push a bit more power, so we were getting just over 300 then. Um, and then for me, going from a car that had 240, I think we had right at the beginning, now we're just going over 300. But the latest car is just, as a performance, is so much different. You know, we're seeing the, you know, the speed difference. We're, we're three seconds quicker in that car than our old FN2, so a year-old car, our FK2. Um, our FK8, which is our current model, is three seconds quicker around Silverstone. And it's just cornering speed. It's just a yeah. thing. But we're now we're now pushing 400, um, which you know is great. It's brilliant. Considering the car standard, the engine is complete standard. We don't change a thing on the engine. The gearbox is standard. We just put just put um, a, um, a different diff in it, intake difference, yeah. and otherwise it's standard car. So they're all good and they're all great. And the best thing that we ever find with Hondas, and I, I'm sure it's a Honda thing, not just the single car, is in the wet. You know, we finished fourth overall in the Brick Car Endurance at Elton Park, and I was passing Ferraris and the Astons. And if we kept going, the speed difference between Aston and the lead cars, we would have beaten all of them, but they just stopped the race because of the rain was so dodgy. 
okay, it's easier. Our car's worth maybe 80,000 and there's is half a million, but still, it's still your pride and joy. You don't want to bend it. But we've just found the civics have been very good in that. And I think, you know, there is that differential between the front and rear anyway. But no, they're all, they're all kind of special. And the latest one is, 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 is just a rapid beast. <laughs> Well, it seems to sort of draw them all together. Incidentally, interesting comment here, by the way, talking about, I think it's the MB6s. Uh, I have the one Dave drove, if you'd like pictures. You think you're saying that you're trying to get the pictures. So I think the answer is yes, definitely. You want that if you were trying to get them together. Definitely, yeah. And our, our big thing that we were hoping to do, and it's not going to happen now, we were, we were looking to do a big promotional DVD for or video for the race team. And where we launched the FK8, the plan was to take it to Coombe and we were going to do laps there. And we were going to get every single Civic that we could or every car that Synchro have ever raced. And we were hunting around trying to find, we found our Accord. The Accord is in Belgium. Uh, we have found one of the other Civics that's up in Scotland racing in their sort of national saloons. And we were trying to get all the cars together and we'd drive them around Coombe. And at the end of it, the cars would all part and our new car would come to the middle, but we'd have the whole history of all our cars together. But unfortunately, that's not, it's not going to happen. And it's just something I'd, I'd love to see that car again and love to see pictures of it again. It would be great to see. Well, hopefully we can at some point make that happen. That would be good, wouldn't it, to, to bring that together? And uh, if there's anything I can do to help voice-wise, let me know. Um, also, Kieran Lee Bregan, apologies if I mispronounced that, the Jazz looks great after the rebuild. So it's not just going well, it looks great after the rebuild. Yeah, so the, since we built it or had it rebuilt, it was built down uh, in West Wales by Owens Fabrication. So NDAF is specialist with minis and... Um, we were, we were looking for someone who would spend the kind of, uh, well, look after that car as much as it means to us. And the good thing, Endaf used to those size cars, the Jazz is roughly the same size, though, but he understood what that car meant to us. So by him having it, we knew it would come back with the same sort of love that we would build ourselves. But because we were developing this new car ready for um, European endurance racing, we didn't have the time to redo the Jazz. But yeah, everybody within the factory has seen it. We've had it on display and it's been there for everyone to see. And we have run it once at Silverstone and it's, it's just as mad as ever. <laughs> well, and, uh, the opposite side to mad is you said about how good they are in the wet. Steve Davey has said, uh, uh, can certainly verify how great they are in the wet. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky he's been, we brought him out through, so he's been a mechanic for us for quite a few years. And we managed to run an academy team um, last year. And that, that the car that you can see the photograph there is our FK8 road car. And Steve's been running that in time attack and hill climb events. He's doing really well with it. I've been impressed with the speed that he's he sort of developed and, and moved through. And, you know, the, the plan is he'll be out running this season. You know, the, the aim was that we have a, a 1.5 Civic now, and that would have entered in the Coombe Championship and we would have had a season in the Coombe, Coombe Series then. So the team would have been there every, every race wow. weekend. Um, but unfortunately, that's kind of been delayed. But it's still on, you know, still on the cards to do that. Is that something that you guys are planning to do? Um, not not the, just the race series, but that dr whole driver bringing drivers uh, through and, and the opportunity. Is that something you're looking to do year on year? Yeah, definitely. That, that's some, that's where I started. So we we decided that uh, well, the seniors decided that we needed to run an academy. And at the time, I was the manager of the team and and, and the engineer, chief engineer for it. And I was thinking, this is a stupid idea because. We're going to crash cars. We're going to bash them up. We only had one car. I think this is not a good idea. We are going to damage the car too much. We need a basic car or a road car and start to develop them through a series. Uh, but they didn't want it. They said, no, no, we're going to do it. And, and I, I was pushed forward to go with it along with another fellow. And we, we did. And we started racing in um, Britcar. I say my first race was at Silverstone, a two-hour <laughs> race. 
And I was lucky I had Dan Ludlow who supported me and we won that race. And my very first race I ever did, we won in the in, in the Civic, which was which pretty pleasing to have. Um, but we did, we we bent that car quite a lot. <laughs> it got a rough time. But no, what we did with Steve and we came up with this academy position was the whole idea was let's get a program that they start with time attack and hill climb events. The following year, then they get into circuit racing and we have the same car, the 1.5 then would be on slicks or semi-slicks. Then we'd move them into sort of like a uh, idea was to develop that white car that Steve's showing there, that we'd have that white car with a roll cage and it would just be a road car, but on slick tires that we'd start to do longer races. And then they would dip into the endurance car then because the difference between those cars and the endurance car is massive. You know, the, the endurance car is a, mm. a red race car. So, uh, and that was the whole idea. We'll, we'll, we'll move them through this program. And yeah, you know, for as long as we can, we will continue to do that. And, and Steve's a you know, great candidate, candidate for it. Just to make sure, because in case anybody's watching, like, for example, it's great to see uh, we've got uh, Jack Wilmot that says hello. And he says, I'm only 15 and I'm a mechanic. So keep up the great work, Jack. Is it only and th this isn't the wrong answer. It's just to make sure I and everyone else understands this driver academy. That's people that work for Honda. Yeah. So Synchro Motorsport is only for people who work at the factory. And it's this. We're the only company that we're the only OEM sort of manufacturer that we know of within Europe that's doing this. Um, and there's not many in the world that are doing it. Honda basically support, they, they provide us with a facility, they provide us with the money and the budget to sort of build and run a car. We don't have budget from external. We have sponsors and they provide us with services. Um, so yeah, there's, there's quite a few big sponsors. Without them, we, you know, as the same as anyone we couldn't do. But yeah, the, the race team is only made up of people from the factory. And, and unless you work at the factory, then you can't. That's fine. I thought that was the case, and it's worth noting because you never know whose ears start pricking up and what have you. But get involved uh, in some way. On that question, though, uh, and you may be uh, you may have to turn around and say no comment. But what does that mean with the the situation or the demise or whatever of Honda here in Swindon? Because then the, you know they're not going to be people working there. Um, the answer is I don't know. The answer to that. Uh, currently, you know, the, the situation with Honda is is what it is. Uh, production continuing July 2021 is when production finishes. Honda isn't going anywhere. Honda UK is staying. You know, so the, the Honda car is staying. The the manufacturer the uh, the manufacturing is leaving the Europe, European market, but the sale of cars, the dealer network, all that support us. So from a customer point of view, they, they're not going to see any different. They're just not going to be built in the UK anymore. So what happens with Synchro, I don't know. I don't yeah. think it's that far up the radar. There's so many big, big things need to go on before. You know, this, you know, there's too many people that need to be dealt with. You know, we've got 3,500 people there that need to be looked after and make sure that their welfare is protected before we worry and, and know it. And no disrespect to any of the guys within our race team and the team itself, but it's just a, it's a voluntary race team does punch massively above its weight but it is it's a voluntary part of the factory it's not core business so the core business will be protected first and then we just have to see at the moment there is no decision on it and, sorry Alan, how long has it been running for do you say synchro we've been running for ah oh, i need rory to help i always forget i always forget the actual date we it's not far off the same length as the factory so it's going to be 25 30 years it's been around for wow a guy called phil wright okay uh, i picked up so Phil Wright, uh, Phil Wright set it up years and years ago, and he was an Accord was the very first car. Um, yeah, I was going to say, I'm going to pick up on that when you said Accord, yeah. Yeah, and the reason we're called Synchro is because the code name for the Accord uh, within the factory and within Honda was called Synchro. 
and that was the first car. So they came up with Synchro Motorsport was this name, and we've stayed, you know, with Synchro Motorsport. The logo's never changed. You know, we have thought of rebranding, but we thought now let's let's stay as where we are. Synchro is mm. such a big history now. We're going to stick with it, and, and it does well. You know, the name is quite strong. It's known, you know, especially with the races we're doing across Europe now that you know it's known quite well. We kind of feel we've lost a bit of our. British identity though and we need to get back to racing in the UK so you know the plan this year was to mix between the big European races and, and the and the local races and that includes the Dave Allen race at Catacomb and obviously uh, some of the Brit car rounds as well. And I've deliberately put you full because we can see the Synchro Motorsport logo that you mentioned there just uh, on your uh, on your top. There we go. Oh, yeah. got I should show sponsors, shouldn't I, as well? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, make sure they're there. So uh, did it a little bit larger there. On the Honda front as well is that uh, our very own Chris Mason's made a point that I wholeheartedly agree with one of my favourite championships ever, the old Honda CRX Championship. Now, that was amazing. I even remember that doing the Birmingham Super Prix around the streets of Birmingham, yeah, as well as at Castle Coombe. That was amazing. We need something like that back. Yeah, we do. And, you know, I'm, I'm a bit too young to remember it, but I've seen it on the stage or something, I think, or gold. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I've, seen, I've seen that, and I, I think it's great. You know, the Civic Cup, the Honda Civic Cup, and the other you know, VTEC Challenge, both of them are doing great things for, for, for what Honda is. The, the, the trouble is, is the step. There is a gap in the Type R. So the Type R stopped for so many years. And, and that now means those championships will run the EP3s for a little bit longer and they have to jump to the FK2. Um, but that'll be a big step because everything, CRX and all those are normally aspirated and now they've gone turbo. So, um, you know, they'll need to set class for those at some point. But yeah, the CRX championship and the Civic, it's great racing. It's, it's so close. And so, you know, the cars are so well matched. It is brilliant. I really like it. And, and in fact, actually, uh, someone shared the uh, Civics, the Tegua Civic Championship thing that was at Castle Coombe. It was either last year or the year before, and they shared the mm. onboard footage from that. I was commentating on that from the old paddock commentary box, and it was another one that, that Tom will know, accuses me of doing regularly, of went supersonic because it was that amazing, genuinely good. They, they handled well. You could tell that they handled well, and they were able to really throw them at the race. Yeah, and I think the people that uh, are maintaining and are managing those cars are now quite specialists with them, and they find those little things. And uh, I, you know, one of the teams that I, we see quite a lot. Oh, so Roy, Roy's come to help me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 1992. There you go. There you go. I need to remember that. I need to get that. <laughs> I mean, the Accord, I mean, did it, so it was the Accord, the Accord then, because I saw that ended a few years ago, didn't it? I mean, because there was the Aero deck, and I think we had one at Coombe, didn't we, I believe? Yeah, so that's, that's where our relationship came from, between Synchro and Honda and, and Honda UK and manufacturing, the, the factory side. And, and and Coombe came from. We were there testing, and these cars were around. And you've got you had the Accord that was the old podium car, yeah, take the winners car. Then you had some of the medics and some of the Civics there. And I remember seeing them. I, it was Rodney, uh, Rodney that came over, and we chatted to, to him about these cars are too old now. There must be something we can do from a factory point of view to to do this. And we've we started with one. I think it was the uh, it might have been the. Um, Safety car was the first yeah. thing we got down there. And then we've grown it to, you know, replace that with a newer one. And our plan is to replace it again. Uh, we've replaced medic cars and the podium car. They, you know, we cut a CRV with a roof out of it. And mm. We tried to get more and more stuff down there. And, you know, it needed to be replaced. It was such easy advertising for Honda to do. You know, those cars exist. They're around. Yeah, they're great. Yeah, no, no. I mean, 
Yeah. Everyone's. I mean, the safety car, apart from eating tyres, because um, I think some of the drivers get a bit excited in it. But uh, who, who drive? But no, it, it, I mean they're fantastic for us. Great local connection. Great looking cars. Uh, yeah, there you go. There's uh, Chris now. Yeah, so as a medical car, which went on to be an instant support car, Silverstone still have theirs. So it is, it's great ones. I know I always, up in the commentary box, make a key point of thanking everyone uh, at at Honda. Um, and clearly everybody's got an affinity. I mean, you probably won't be able to see the whole message, but Simon Goy said that he misses being part of the team uh, since leaving in July with everything that's going on. Uh, and he's hoping to be able to join you guys in something. And that's clearly the way that it like, becomes an affinity. And, it, and, and that was shown whenever, when, when the Dave Allen Memorial Trophy does happen, hopefully this year at some point, if not next year, um, make sure you get into the paddock because that whole Honda village is great. I talked about the remote control cars that the kids can have a go on, the, the, uh, the, the stunt uh, bike dude. What was his name again, Alan? Sorry. Right. He was amazing. We had the stage all set up as well that I came over at the end of last year's event and did the uh, the, the trophy presentations. And, and virtually everybody, all the teams and drivers were back out there to, to do the actual trophy presentations to them all, which is really, really nice to see. Uh, so it's it's unsurprising. A question uh, from Kieran again. That, back to the jazz. He's, he's clearly loving that jazz. But uh, <laughs> Will it be back on the track for racing or just special events, do you know? Uh, it's, it's entered for Dave's race, so it will be there. Um, I I don't know. It's it's a, it's a it's a hard car for us to run because it's so unique. You know, everything is so bespoke under there that it's you know it's a jazz body shell. We've used as many of the Civic uh, FN2 parts as we could uh, in that car, but everything is is manufactured bespoke for it. Um, and it's such a difficult car to run. It's it's not a it's not a friendly thing to drive. It's an angry little car. A lot of people have said, what's the jazz like to drive? And I've said every time, you don't. You wrestle the thing. It's just fighting all the time. It's just an angry car. We took it to the and we did some testing there. And it's not, with the current car, you're driving down the main straight and you can relax a bit. You can maybe adjust your belt. Or if you've got the drink system on board, you can have a drink. The jazz, you can't even take one hand off the wheel. It doesn't want to go straight. It just wants to be aggressive all the time. And what what engine is that running, Alan? Sorry? What engine is that running? So that's running a normally aspirated uh, engine then. I, I think there's a K20. There is a code name for that as well that some people know. But, yeah, it's the previous Type R engine. So, right. But that, that's massively detuned. We're down to 240 brake with a standard gearbox. But that thing used to run at 310 brake with sequential gearbox. And that's what we ran it as a championship car. Um, and it's, we've got a bumper up on our up in the eaves of our workshop hanging there. It's all dented and broken. And there's a matching carbon sort of canard stuck in the front of it which belongs to an Aston Martin that was too slow for us so he's pushed Dave is driving he's pushed the back of the Aston to get past and he's left with carbon I guess it's a canard or some carbon on back of it it was you know it was a great car and people you know love seeing that car out so yeah we will it will be out again it'll definitely use it again yeah. Good, good. It does look evil. But, you know, in fairness, you know, where we had even just that little photo we had from uh, your colleague with the uh, the white Honda Civic, I always think it, obviously being in Swindon here, uh, I, I'm sure it's no accident. I see quite a few of them on the road and they just, they look fast at a standstill. They, I know it's a cliche phrase, but I've genuinely always thought about them. They are just monstrous. I'm not normally a fan of, of excessive bodywork on a car, but it's the one that I've always gone that works. It just, I think I even said it to you at Castle Coombe in the paddock saying it just works. It is. It's one of those, you know, people, 
like it or, or kind of dislike it. So maybe mm. it's, I don't think it's quite a Marmite car, but you know, people like the Golf and the Golf Arms. I find them very understated. They're still, you know, an incredible machine under there, but they're quite understated. And then, you know, the, the Focus RS is the other competitor, and then the Type R. You like it because it's got all those wings, or you dislike it because it's got all those wings. And that's, you know, that what's great is that there are these cars that you know compete against. That, you know, we test those cars all over all over the world, and we test our car in some incredible places and some scenarios purely because we know our customers will use them in those areas. And it just does everything it should. I, I was fortunate to have one as my car at home. I've got two young children with kids seats in the back of it. And it was just my everyday car. And then when you want to be obviously on Coombe Circuit or something, <laughs> you can go and be a Burke in it. But it did everything. It was great at doing everything. So, you know, you know I think it is a good, good all around. Has the change though, because you said it was, it, they were NA before and now they're turbo, aren't they? Is that, is that, is that right? Am I right in saying that? Yeah, that's right. And that, that's what some people don't like about mm. kind of disappointed. The old Honda engines, you know, there was a load of this Frankenstein engine they made, all normally aspirated ones. And, um, you know, with a load of S2000 parts and other things. And, and, you know, those things have revved to 1011, even the standard yeah. type 9000, no problem. And it, it was fine. And we knew exactly when we had a problem. If a driver misshifted a gear, we knew anything below 10,000, we're probably going to be okay. We haven't got to worry about that. As soon as they do 10,200, we know it's hit the valve. It's a matter of time now when it's going to drop that valve in it. So yeah. we, you know, we look at the data and we're fortunate we run live data on our cars that we can keep an eye on stuff. But we know he's done it. Okay, well, how long have we got the race? What have we got the plan? And, you know, do we just, all right, we're going to have to go with this and hopefully not lose an engine, but limit the damage. But, um, yeah, that, that's the biggest change. They've gone from this this, this turbo, uh, from a normally aspirated to a turbo, which brings the revs right down and people like the turbo scream the vtex scream and some people don't and, you know i i like it because it's got more power <laughs> so i'm quite happy with the turbo engine <laughs> yeah i mean there's a bit i mean like chris said i mean there's a massive following in the, Hon in the honda season and the civics i mean they have literally been you know they've been butchered haven't they over the years um i know people have done all sorts of things to them and people actually but you get that people actually do love that brand and that car don't they they are civic people through and through why do you think that is I don't know. You get you get it with all of them, and car car fans are a, a bit. I suppose a bit like football fans. If you're a Ford fan, mm. you can't like the Honda. And if you're a Honda fan, you can't like the Vauxhalls. And they're kind of like these big cult differences. Um, apart from it seems the Japanese makes. If you're a Nissan fan, you kind of don't mind the Hondas. And if you're a Toyota fan, you don't mind the Nissan. But there seems to be a gap between what the Japanese cars and and the other cars are doing. They don't seem to, to like. For me, I'm. I'm obviously a big Honda fan because the opportunities I've been given and what mm. Honda me and I, you know, I'm, I'm very, very fortunate for what I've, I've been, been given or been the opportunities I had. I just like cars and, and, and the engineering. You know, I'm not a fan of the BMW brand, but I think the machines are incredible. Mm. You know, those new M3s, the M4s, are just unreal things. But I just don't big fan of the brand. You know, I wouldn't. I'm yeah. I probably would have one if I could ever get one. They probably would. You know, the Audi, the RS, you know, RS6, uh, RS4s, RS6, something like that. It'd be, a, you know, one of the dream cars for me. But, um, for, you know, for what I am and where I am at the moment, the Honda does everything. I've got a CRV now. Mm. It's perfect for what I need as a family. But I'm not sure what, what, what the cult is. Maybe it's just, you know, the dad or the dad's dad did it. And mm. he's like, because see someone's obviously talking about the bikes as well. And the motorbikes are obviously... You know, Honda motorbikes are probably a bigger breed than than the, the cars in, in in everywhere, and it's you know I I've, I've never really got to the bikes. I've never really 
got involved with bikes. I just think I'm too dumb to be on a bike. But then, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, the Honda bikes, obviously, you know, that's another big, big following it, big cult following of them all. Well, we've got, you know, one of our um, uh, regular biking uh, crew at uh, Castle Coon, Ben Hayward, big Honda fan here. And he really is because he's gone two and four wheels, CB600 Hornet and the EP3 Type R, both track dated around Coon many times. And he's now... It's not showing there, so I'll read the rest. It's now acquired a CBR 600, hoping to get this out ASAP. Mm. I think I've seen his Facebook posts, actually, basically having kittens, that it's in his garage and he can't get out on it. So it's absolutely yeah. killing him at the moment. Um, and again, from uh, Kieran, thanks for your uh, involvement tonight, Kieran. It's been great. He's saying it's a shame that they uh, they didn't do a Type R Jazz. Yeah, I, I think Honda should have done like, at least the sport version. So, you know, the, like the current model, we've got a one point one litre engine at 1.5. And, you know, that 1.5 engine now in a, in a, um, a Jazz, I mean, great. We've got our race version of it. It's a completely standard road car. We've just had it remapped, and that's running 200 horsepower. And, you know, that, it, it's fine for racing. It's perfect. So you think that in a Jazz would be would be a crazy thing. But going back to the bike, bike thing, I think that's something quite special about Coombe, though. You have, you seem to have an equal following there of cars and bikes. Mm. A lot of circuits are very much. It's we're a car circuit or we're a bike circuit. We raced in um, where were we Italy, the beginning of last year, and it was a bike track. It was designed as a bike track, and to put the cars that we raced with, the GT boys at the front end, and our cars with 80 cars on the track, they just flashed crap out of each other. Mm. <laughs> room to do it. We just got every single panel on that car was battered because they had nowhere to go. So some circuits can't do the two. They're not. It's kind of it's a bike track and we'll do a bit of car stuff, but it's not right. But Coombe do them both and they seem to cover them both very well there. So it's quite unique, I think, for that. Well, yeah, I mean, you think about it is that even heading down towards Camp Corner, we've got that bit of tarmac onto the infield to throw in an additional chicane because we need to slow them down before they get into camp. So it's even set up specifically to do it. We've started increasing the number of days that we're able to hold the bikes. And the crowd is always massive at the bike yeah. days as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, no, it is, Chris. So, so yeah, I mean, the bike we don't because we don't hold many bike meetings. That's the thing. We got our bike track days, which uh, every single bike track day is is sold out. Yeah. Um, but the, yeah, the bike race meeting, and, and I hadn't. I got involved a couple, uh, couple of years ago when Rod just before Rodney got ill, he was sort of stepping down, and I never had much of an interest in motorbikes. A bit like you know, same as Alan, really. I suppose if I had one younger, but unbelievable when you see those go into quarry that is something else and i i say to people um even if you're not a bike person come along and watch watch some motorbike racing at coon because it is just something else um just something else uh, really is it's, it's bonkers actually bonkers is, is probably the only word to describe it agreed i mean you see me is that uh, as you know tom i don't get many weekends off when i'm not on a microphone somewhere which is uh, you know i'm very privileged about that yeah. uh, and you'd think i'd try getting myself out of trouble with the current mrs doors but um <laughs> I'm I'm back in trouble again for that one, but um, is <laughs> but I I then disappear up to Castle Coombe if I'm off to go and watch the bikes because it's that good. The mm. speed of them again, you know, when it's your your popular places like up Avon rising towards Quarry Corner, through yeah, Old Paddock is amazing, and also through Camp. Even though we try to slow them down again, they're still yeah, amazing through that. Um, just a couple of extra comments because I'm conscious we need to finish soon because the Queen's speaking at eight o'clock yeah. and we're going to be respectful to, to that and you all to watch that. Uh, Chris Mason loved the Type R pickup. Ah, uh, yeah. So, 
we we've done some special cars. We've built some project cars, and and you know the department I work in is is a new model development. So we take the cars from a kind of say a drawing stage, and we develop those cars through a prototype until they're ready then for mass production. So that's you know I work in that area. Uh, we have a lot of cars around, and these cars can't aren't suitable for the road afterwards. They've been built with prototype parts, so they've got limited life, limited mm -hmm. mileage. We can't do anything with them. So we took a bit of criticism with this. Some people were appalled by it, and some people just think it's brilliant. So we we took a Type R and we cut the back and made a pickup truck out of it. <laughs> <laughs> great, it's a great thing. But people thought we had taken like a genuine brand new car and cut it up and wasted this car on this just because we wanted a bit of PR out of it. But it wasn't. It was a car that. It can't be used for anything else. It has to be crushed. It has to be dismantled afterwards. Mm -hmm. So we made this pickup, and yeah, the, the Type R pickup's got a good following. We've made a we made a special wagon. So we took there was no Type R estate ever made, and we made one, and we use that as the race team runaround now. And it's a great car for us to, to put in tires and stuff in the back of it. We've done some project cars now that are, that have been public, and some that aren't. And there's some that we keep in inside because it's it's our allowing our engineers to develop. We they can have a free reign they can do what they want they can just go and create something because we've got so many restrictions when we develop a road car people say to us well why have you done it like that why has it only got 300 horsepower as soon as i buy it i can put a map in it i can get 340 out of it because they don't have to follow all the legislation and all the sort of emissions requirements that we have to stick a car to mm. we'll develop a car and it has to be moved across europe or across the yeah. world we can't develop one, you know, exactly for someone who wants to race it around Castlecombe, for example. <laughs> I'm going to have to look that one up because I think I missed that one. So I'm going to have to look up pictures for that. So thank you for that one, Chris. Um, last couple of shots before we're going to have to wrap this one up. Good to see Tim Perry back again. Thank you, mate. You're regular. Great to see you back again. I remember the TCR Type R safety car lost his light bar through the tailgate glass whilst on track at Coombe. Uh, yeah, I did. I, yeah, I came down. I came down with my lad for that. Um, I know some yeah. of our boys, and we came down to have a look and um, to watch that. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think you guys can take the blame for that, really. No, <laughs> I just uh, say they were the chap. They were from uh, I think it was TDI North, um, and they were looking at um, tuning one and getting involved. And I remember um, he was obviously very upset, and we I think we lent him something to clean up all the glass. And he asked me. He said, I think I remember rightly. He said, um, he said, oh, he said, because you've got Hondas here. He said, you got any contacts um, that can get me a rear glass? I'm like. I don't think so on a Sunday. Yet. But you know, anyway, yeah, I was, that was a, yeah, that was a, that was a good day. Uh, Chris Mason again. Type R wagon medical car. That's his his Christmas list there, right there. All right. He's putting the fish out already. Well, exactly. Into the list. <laughs> right. Last question because we need to get this one wrapped up from Kieran again, and it is a good question to finish on. Alan, what's your favourite track you've raced on? Ex uh, let's make this nice yeah, for you, yeah, including Castle Coombe. <laughs> yeah, no. I, well, very briefly, Coombe is a special one because of how uh, undulating it is and, that, and natural it is. Some of the other circuits and some of the big famous circuits are using the airfields, and they, even though they got a special history, that they are quite. They, you know, I kind of, I almost feel a bit guilty by saying I just don't enjoy them that much. It's still brilliant being there, but it's not good. But no, some of so it's the old circuits I like, <clears throat> and like locally, we Brands Hatch and Alton Park, those and Donington Park are great, but. For me, it's, it's Portimao in Portugal. The yeah. you know, one thing we, we haven't touched on is, I'm, you know, I'm an endurance driver, and there's a massive difference between what we do as an endurance driver and a sprint driver, mm. and how we how we prepare for a race and how we sort of mentally take each stint because we'll be doing two hours in and four hours out. Two hours in, you do that for 24 hours. Then the way you prepare for a race and how you how you uh, plan and, and and all the preparation that is very different. So it, for me, it's uh, Portimao in Portugal. Uh, it's an 
incredible. So I think it might even be a bike circuit. Um, but for us, it was one of the best races we've ever had. It's a beautiful place. You know, it is in the middle of nowhere, so it's not like you're on a beautiful city near it. Um, it's massively undulating, but we were racing there and we race against everybody. The TCR cars are a quicker car than us. They're a manufactured built car, not a home built like ours. And we're the class below them. But we, we can push them in an endurance race because of our reliability, we can push them. And we caught third place on the last but one lap. And we were pushing and pushing and pushing. My front right brake pad had come off. I did had no front right brake on the car. <laughs> I was using the brake bias to alter to the rear to try and get enough braking to get the car stopped, knowing that we were catching this car. I had to keep the pace up. And it was just incredible in race. And we caught when I passed it, I could hardly see. I had tears coming down my eyes. I could hardly see anything for the last race, the last lap. And we came in and they stopped me and they said, no, no, you've got to go into the podium. And they, you know, you park up like the F1 boys, you park under with your board. You have to go up the top and your car is sat below you with this massive union jack on the top of our car. And it's, it's incredible. And yeah, Portimao in Portugal is, is quite special. And our aim is, is a 24 hour race there this season. If, if everything gets lifted, it's a, big big push for us to try and get back out there well i think there's no better way to end this one on really because we've used that photograph obviously in the article uh, for you joining us tonight is you up on the podium at Portimao. so that's yeah. the perfect way to do it uh, and uh, and as to be expected the likes of chris ignore said uh, great show again chaps thanks alan for a very interesting hour and it doesn't seem possible does it that was an hour so much i said to you alan that we'll probably find we could have chatted about a million and one other things um, but we never. You may well ha have you back again. Uh, so thank you very yeah. much for being with us, Alan. Yeah, yeah brilliant. No, no, thank you for the invite. I've enjoyed it. I say I was a little bit nervous before, thinking, you know, I don't know what I'm doing here. But no, I've enjoyed it, and yeah, I'd be very, very pleased to come back. No, thank you, Alan. Love that one. Appreciate it. So thank you very much to Alan. Thank you for all that have been watching. It's been a, a good, uh, good interaction again, Tom. Yeah, absolutely. No, brilliant, Chris. I mean, it, it seems to be getting better. We haven't lined up anywhere. I mean, we've got Easter coming up. So, um, yeah, please, guys, drop us a line. If it, you know, Drop us a message. If there's someone you would like uh, Chris or me to talk to or get in touch with, you know, they, like I said, we can reach out quite far and wide. I do, I do, I do think that, Chris, maybe next Sunday I might just interview you. I've been going on about this since we started. But I think that you do have a lot of followers um, and a lot of interest in you. So I think maybe we, uh, we have a chat this week and um, I might get you... And, and, re and reverse tables on you slightly, Mr. Dawes. Oh, hell. Oh, hell. Uh, fine. If you think it's worthy, then I'd be delighted and honoured to, to do that. Uh, I don't think I feel safe in your hands, Mr. Davis, but <gasps> we'll see how it goes. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. And we'll let you know who our guest on Wednesday is going to be. Definitely. We'll be having a chat offline and we'll get it all sorted. Uh, yeah. There'll always be something. Wednesdays and Sundays, 7 p.m. It is Coombe TV. Thank you very much for join, joining us. Cheers, guys. Uh, We'll now let you go and watch the Queen with her speech to us all. That means, please, everybody, stay safe, stay sane, yeah. stay home. Cheers, all. Thanks, Alan. Take care, guys. Bye-bye.